0: zero it gets a bad rep like when people say they have zero interest in something well if you're thinking of buying an electric car this year you'll find this interesting because at nissan we see the power of zero introducing the nissan leaf power of zero offer Buy a brand new 100 electric zero emissions nissan leaf and get one year's free servicing a free home charger the lowest electric finance offer on the market and great savings on running costs now that's the power of zero find out more at nissan.ie
1: Welcome along, everybody, to the Blood and Mud podcast, the podcast that thinks the only coup worth having is one that comes out of a war pigeon.
2: (laughs) Indeed. Yeah, we're getting back to that, guys. That's the level of
1: pun we're working on, Liz. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Because if if all around you is falling apart, like the American political system, make a fucking pun out of it. That's what we say. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely.
1: Well, that was something, wasn't it? Last week, I tell you what. Best bit of live sport I've watched for weeks. That.
2: <laughs> it was. I've, I've I've rarely. It's been. It's not often that you do that thing of literally sitting all night watching the news while it unfolds because you feel like you need to just in case something happens.
1: Even though it's the same thing on a loop.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because it's like, and you, you know, in the world of Twitter, you'd find out in about five seconds. But there's still that sort of, you know, feeling deep down that something you shouldn't turn it off because something might happen, and it feels like something could happen. I can't get yeah, enough. Very of
1: Jake, I can't get enough of Jake Tapper on CNN either.
2: <laughs> oh, that guy was absolutely done <laughs> and had, had enough. <laughs> After about twenty minutes of these fucking villains,
1: yeah. <laughs> we're just like, well, you know, we're calling them relatives. I'm calling them terrorists. Within about three seconds <laughs> you, of his start, you off. do you, Jake?
2: Correct that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that that was the live sport last week. Um, oh, sorry, yeah. Hi, everybody. It might be Hello.
2: the yeah. Hi, I'm Josh. It might be the only live sport we get for the foreseeable fucking future as well. But we'll come on to that.
1: We will come on to that. How was your weekend?
2: I mean, you know, it was very similar to everyone else's fucking weekend, really, in these day and ages. Um, I didn't do a lot. Um, I didn't stay up till 5am watching a fucking American football game, though, which was stupid. But, you know, did you, well, what I, else I, am I going to
1: do? I had the choice to do that last night, but it was a Sunday. You did it Saturday, I guess, for yeah, the Buccaneers. Yeah,
2: Saturday for the Buccaneers game, yeah.
1: So who the Buccaneers got next?
2: Uh, New Orleans in the Superdome, which is probably not going to go well. But, you know... Everybody thought that Cleveland at Heinz Field wouldn't go well last night and it <laughs> went very well. So, I mean, it wouldn't have gone well hell if, knows? It,
1: if, if Pittsburgh didn't give Cleveland 28 points <laughs> within the first don't, six minutes.
2: Don't argue about these things. You know, Sometimes hey, things just go the way they're supposed to go.
1: This is Cleveland's whole century of luck within that six minutes.
2: Basically, yeah. But it mightn't be all you need. You might ride that to the Super Bowl. You probably won't ride it to the Super Bowl. Kansas City Chiefs
1: next. Which is a uh, little yeah, bit. Right, remember right. that time when um, Bath ended up with the Shitwatch trophy? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Because Cardiff it's got that beat vibe. them. Yeah. And then it's Cardiff got those vibes.
1: And then Cardiff went immediately back to Bath the week after and, and, and got it back.
2: Made them pay. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 it's that vibe, isn't it?
1: But it's a wonderful thing. Somebody said it to is. me the other day, why, why do you. <laughs> somebody said, a genuine question, they said on Twitter today: why are you a Cleveland Browns fan? Because <laughs> it's like so mist- misty. I also found out that long-suffering dragons fan and friend of the pod, Jamie Phillips, is a Cleveland Browns fan. So he's from Newport, and decided to follow a team from Cleveland.
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah. the The reasons why people pick their American football teams are are strange and myriad, and. You know, legion, particularly in Britain.
1: I I said the truth of it was I felt weirdly, even as a ten-year-old, and I chose them. I felt some affinity with them straight away. I recognised they were from a shit pit, (laughs) and that this was going to be a challenge. And Uh, just because that's kind of that was where I grew up. So,
2: yeah, I, I I know what you mean. You 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 see yourself in reflected in something. I was completely and,
1: fascinated by the dog pound thing as well when I was like that eleven. That is cool, to be fair. The fellas yeah. with the fucking dog ears on and no tops in January and stuff—you've got to, <laughs> you've got to respect that.
2: You have got the, the commitment of, and also, I, I, a wider sort of point about American football. I, I respect their commitment to still playing in snow. It's like none of this like we can't play on public safety grounds nonsense. It's like we will sweep out all of the seats. We will sweep the pavements on the way to the stadium. <laughs> And I don't care if it's ankle-deep in fucking snow, we'd be playing.
1: And it's minus 23, but minus 33 yeah, with the uh, will, with wind chill.
2: Yeah. I don't care if you can barely see it on television. There was a game a couple of years ago. I think it was New York-Detroit. And it was it was one of the best, genuinely one of the most memorable sporting games I'd ever watched. Because it was being played in a genuine, not a pretend blizzard, an actual you know, New yeah. York, well New Jersey as it was in the uh, I think. New Jersey in December blizzard and like players would, you know, land on would get tackled and they'd come up and their face masks would just be like full of snow. <laughs> and they could and they'd have to clean it out because it was like three inches deep. It was great, brilliant.
1: Yeah. The season spoiler- is over yeah, the last week in January whatever happens we are not postponing yeah. anything <laughs> do not
2: give a fuck <laughs> well, the thing they've only got like they got 17 weeks to complete a 16 week season so there will be no fucking <laughs> there's, there's no take backs you know they 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 had it at the start of this season where you know one game had to be postponed because of covid and then they realized oh, fuck we can't do that anymore we're out of bye weeks now
1: It's that thing is it yeah but can he do it on a wet wednesday in Stoke in yeah but can he do it <laughs> can he do it in green bay in January, <laughs> on the twenty-first.
2: Of- yeah, exactly. It's it's. I I love that though. I love sport played in extreme weathers. It, oh, that was it. It was Colts Bills. I'm, I'm totally wrong. And, um, in 2017, and was then it in, in 2018, Buffalo? it was. Uh, yes, it was in Buffalo because Colts were in a dome, and then I think it was t- uh, it was Eagles Lions actually in 2018, <laughs> where just you couldn't see anything. And it was great. I love it. I love shit like that. Extreme sports, like, weather, extreme weather making excellent athletes look like they're a pub team is absolutely my fucking vibe. I'm here for that.
1: If you want to get in touch with us, I'm at Blood and Mud, or I'm late at Blood and how do people get in touch with you, Josh?
2: Uh, at Josh Gardner, or indeed at Rugby Show Watch.
1: We're on ACAST, we're on Apple, we're on other podcast providers. You can find us now. We've been around long enough. Over five years yeah. now. Yeah. We're also on Patreon.com slash Blood and Wood. Once again, incredibly indebted to you all for your support throughout all of this. And there's also, Indeed. Yeah. There's Patreon.com slash Blood and Wood for the two pound a month, or you can pay £20 for the year and get everything and get all the backstory and all that, whatever you want. And additional episodes and all that stuff, or you can do five pound a month to enter the V, well, the Alebrew Memorial VIP lounge. Memorial.
2: <laughs> I mean, does that make it sound
1: like he's dead? It's a memorial to his career. His <laughs> like, career is dead. That's fine.
2: Like like when we said that friend of the pod, Trisha Vieira, was in a better place last <laughs> week, or whatever you said, and it's not that she's just, gone home to we, Ireland. We just
1: meant Ireland. <laughs> yeah, we didn't mean dead. Um
2: yeah, okay, Okay. yeah, but it's a memorial to his, his great and prosperous and exciting career. I mean, I'll be year. honest,
1: it, his career looks more alive than Nathan Brew's uh, anti-racism career. <sighs> Judging by that little five minutes <sighs> that they had on Scrum me? 5, wherever it was, that trying was to, so let's take on racism bad. and have a chat with Nikki Robinson about it. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not really even going to go over that. it again, because it was so teeth-scrapingly awful. Intentions,
2: <laughs> yes, it was. But just... Fucking hell.
1: I'd just love to see what the direction... Can we we put this out? Seriously? It's in the can now, though. We'll have to put it out. What are you supposed to do? We've got nothing else. There's no rugby to show.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's the thing, isn't it? It's like, well, we filmed the segment now, and, (laughs) you you know... know. well, Six man, we, a, we can't We we can't, we can't put the toothpaste back in yeah. the fucking TV. Six and, just, a, just
1: and then Nathan will be kicking off, thinking we don't say racism seriously if we don't put this out.
2: Oh, it was unfortunate, I think is the word. Anyway, patreon.com
1: slash blood and mud, the Alain Brew Memorial Lounge. If you come into the mm. five quid, or you can pay 50 quid for the year... Yeah, you can. Which, uh, to get in the VIP line, just get you a lovely mention on here. And also, we have a go at saying what kind of rugby player we think you are. And this month, certainly do. this week, not this month, this week. Well, it could be this month if nobody else joins. But um, <laughs> I'm this going week. going to go into this with real optimism yeah. This yeah, week, look it. <laughs> uh, joining us is Steve Langdon in the VIP. Mm-hmm. Go on, Josh, you tell us what kind of player you think old Steve Langdon is.
2: Local UPVC magnate Steve has big dreams. Dreams that will see his beloved Earlsden Evangelicals rocket up the National Leagues into the Prem and turf wasps out of the Rico to finally give Coventry the proper homegrown team that it deserves. And you can't say that he's not putting his money where his mouth is either, because he's, he's bankrolling lavish spending on the club's facilities. He's paying a load of shady boot money to entice players to drop down in a division or two mm-hmm. to make Earlsdon a dominant force in Midlands 5 West. Nice. Unfortunately... All this is hamstrung by player coach Steve, insisting on picking himself outside half every week with inevitable results. He's 43.
1: I've got Steve Lang that is a 30, not far off really, but a 37-year-old fullback for Wearside Jack RFC in the northeast (laughs) Lower Leagues. Mm -hmm. Uh, Steve runs a news agent that exists uh, as if the internet has never happened, as it still has half of its available shelf space dedicated to... Adult periodicals.
2: Look, some people enjoy getting their enjoyment not on the internet. Uh, you know?
1: People wonder who buys them when they walk in. But mm-hmm. Steve knows, and Steve yeah. judges you for it. Oh. Oh.
2: <laughs> so there you go. Well, I mean, that's what. what's the point of being a news agent if you don't get to judge people for that sort of thing? That's what I want to know.
1: So there you go. Thank you, Steve. If anybody else wants to sign up, it's patreon.com slash blood and mud. Uh-huh. We begin, Josh, as we always begin, Damn, with, what a, we do. with a player spotted. Mm-hmm. Kudos to anybody who's spotting players out there right now, because it's yeah. fucking slim pickings, I imagine.
2: <laughs> it must be through a long lens, surely.
1: <laughs> yes. Speaking of long legs, Did you watch the celebrity documentary that was on uh, BBC Three over Christmas? I did four, but...
2: actually. Wasn't it interesting? It was interesting. Well, it actually, made...
1: stroke disturbing. Remember yeah, remembering it... what happened in the two thousands mostly.
2: Yeah, it was a grim time, and I genuinely think that it's a toss up between the paparazzo and oh, the yeah. guy who ran the paparazzo company for worst piece of shit on the planet.
1: Yeah, that is a toss-up. is Because the guy
2: who ran the like network of paparazzos in LA and basically just made it his business to give Britney Spears a mental breakdown is a, a truly... And I think he's a horrible person
1: because he like mobilized an army of the type of cunt that the other bloke was. Yeah, the other bloke was was just a cunt. Yeah,
2: but he he was at least on his own. You know, he was an incredibly unpleasant person who went around sticking his camera up people's skirts and shit. That particular bit where I can't remember which woman it was, where he they literally took a photo of the
1: woman's skirt. It was like, oh my god, that was normal. Is that thing, is it, you see, you, say you could do that back then. No, you couldn't. You, no, just you chose couldn't. to do You're it anyway. Co- you shouldn't.
2: It. It's. It, yeah, it was a, an eye opening. Well, not so much eye opening because we all knew anyway, but like. It's a. It, it reminded me of how awful it was and how we fucking got here.
1: Yes. Mm. In a way, they. Well, anyway, we could go on forever. That's a patron episode, probably. Indeed. Was it players spotted? Yeah, so yes spotting we were players, not through a long lens and not don't, through. It. Don't follow don't be twenty seven photographers following a player around the supermarket like British. Trying to, to get a shot, trying Paul to get
2: a, a camera up his skirt. You
1: know. Anyway, <laughs> our spotted this week comes from Lloyd Malefant. lovely name. Who sends us a DM I assume, judging by the name, from his position as lead singer songwriter of a lo fi alt rock band.
2: Mm. Yeah, he definitely has that vibe, actually. You're right. Yeah. Lloyd
1: Malaford definitely has that, doesn't <laughs> he? Um, anyway, player spotted. Lloyd says, hot off the press. So he's, it's a recent spot. Hello. Spotted. I've just this moment seen Ian Witten, boring player, like it.
2: Really boring player, yeah. In
1: Exeter Vale, Tesco. Yes, yes, boring location.
2: Like it, absolutely love it.
1: Buying a Kit Kat Chunky 4-pack. Oh, boring!
2: I mean, Kit Kat chunky, boring bar of chocolate. Yeah, four pack. suggests he's had a bad day.
1: Lloyd does want to emphasise it was the plain ones, not the peanut butter ones.
2: <laughs> However, they cost a pound for
1: the four pack.
2: Well, he's savvy, isn't he? He's not going to get caught out by. He's an Ulsterman,
1: Ian Whitten, isn't he? Is he an Ulsterman? He knows a bargain Probably. when he sees one.
2: He's not going to pay full price, fucking Kit Kat chunkies. He probably went there on the way home. He's probably done his big shop in Aldi, but then he's heard that Kit Kat Chunkies are on offer in Tesco, so he stopped in on the way home.
1: So always worthwhile looking if you're in a garage as well. You know like a Euro yeah. garages or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's see always
2: good chocolate deals to be had there.
1: Boost duo, one pound twenty. Fuck off. <laughs> four pack of four pack of Mars is might be an offer for a quid. Always yeah. look Who around. Knows? Don't let the man dictate to you what you should buy.
2: It's like the chocolate orange offer at W H Smith. You know, you might as well. You know, if they're going to give a chocolate
1: you chocolate orange offer at W H Smith, you know, when you go to the counter
2: at W H Smith and they're always like, "Oh, we've got you know a chocolate orange or something on offer." for, Oh yeah, a, there's always know... something
1: that's the Ben it's... End it's <laughs> yeah. in like whoopsie sort of
2: thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so like, would you get you get this for like twenty? Would you like a bottle of water, a Daily Mail, and a chocolate orange <laughs> for a pound? And it's like, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> Just let me buy my magazine or my pack of cigarettes or whatever in peace and
1: fuck off. You know, as an obesity pandemic on, (laughs) however, having said that, you know, like you get fuming because they keep like offering you food when you're trying not to eat it. Mm -hmm. I get equally fuming at the Aldi fucking tills when they've got nothing but fucking raisins. Yeah, it's like who wants
2: raisins and mints at the checkout, guys? Come on. Just have nothing at all. At least have something. I've got to sit there or stand there, I should say, for about, you know, five or six minutes. At least have something to entertain me. This is why American supermarkets put trashy tabloids on there, of the kind what take photos that were in skirts, because uh, you know at least that's something to look at.
1: Not that we're condoning it, mind you.
2: Not that we're condoning it at all. But it's something. It's it is something to
1: look at. And it certainly looks a lot better than a load of fucking geological <laughs> snack bars. What do they call them? <laughs> fucking that cave. What's the word? Neolithic? No, Paleolithic Paleo, Paleo Bar. Paleo Yeah, yeah, looks yeah. like a turd, and apparently well, yeah, you're meant to it eat
2: li- it. It just literally looks like something's come out the other end, and they've foil it. said that. A boost yeah.
1: looks like a turd, and I'm <laughs> all tell over you it. What, I'll
2: tell you what absolutely does look like a turd is a, is a Cadbury's picnic, but it's absolutely top-level chocolate.
1: God's opinion in my house at Cadbury's Picnic. My daughter won't have it. Have you had picnic bites, the little ones? Where you no, I on haven't. Ooh,
2: I, I, I mean, I wasn't aware this was a thing. But you didn't know the other I'm bags the Cadbury's
1: bags. You can get boost yeah, bites yeah. now. Ever since Kraft took over, the technology on chocolate has become, is off the <laughs> charts. It's
2: next level now, isn't it? <laughs>
1: they can miniaturise everything you've eaten. It's incredible. <laughs> Truly, we are living in the future, Josh.
2: I mean, I, my world has been rocked there, to be honest with you. So so does each bite. does each bite have the correct? Yeah, imagine
1: uh, imagine mm-hmm. honey, I shrunk the kids, but picnic version. Loads of them piled into a bag. However, I mean, you've got to be crafty okay. as well sometimes because these offers look good sometimes. Mm. Here is the biggest offer you should avoid: you not know, a big bag of fruit pastels. Yeah, yeah. one pound twenty, or whatever. One pound forty. Mm-hmm. Always go for the four pack of fruit pastels for a pound.
2: That makes fruit sense. Fruit pastel
1: per penny. Offer, yeah, you know it's not even a comparison. <laughs> I mean, I know, I'm not, I don't need to tell you these things.
2: No, you're you're all savvy shoppers. You understand this. You when you're looking, you know, when you're buying toilet roll, you're having a look at the cost per sheet. You know, they're not stupid. However, you know, maybe you're not aware of the picnic bites. Like cost per litre
1: on pop. Always yep. have a look at that. Always don't be taken for Always a fucking important. mug no, by no. these people.
2: <laughs> we should set up one of those websites, like. Fucking...
1: Maybe we could call it Money Saving Experts or something like that. What do you reckon?
2: <laughs> yeah, but like for people like us.
1: He's done well, well hasn't he? The Money Saving expert. I tell expert you what, he's the,
2: Martin, Martin, whatever his name, Martin Lewis. Lewis has absolutely done an amazing job. Like, of, Did you hear
1: his Desert Island Discs?
2: Was it incredibly mundane?
1: It was kind of mundane, but then he said, I don't even like music, I'm not very really into it, but somehow I had to pick like, at which point, why didn't the research to say, we're well, not fucking coming on then?
2: <laughs> yeah, surely... Uh, there's a pre- got to be a prerequisite <laughs> of just liking money, not liking but like music. He just likes money, saving so, money.
1: So we're up to desk, disc number five now. What's, what have you picked for disc number five? And why have you picked that? It was on in the fucking car on my way here. <laughs> Can I have my check now.
2: Look, he's got us. If he, he's saving those pennies by doing these BBC shows that he shouldn't be doing, and then he's going to go on a nice family holiday at the end of the year.
1: <laughs> Can I also say? that that was an absolutely, incredibly brilliant Laurel Laverne impression. Whatever anybody tells you, <laughs> that was glorious.
2: When you started doing it, I was like,
1: who the fuck does this Island Discs these days? <laughs> Is it Donald and Davey for a minute? <laughs> Have you brought any, uh, any marzipan with you? Um, anyway, so, what the fuck hell are we talking about? Right, I've Thank you, no Lloyd. Idea. Yeah. Ian Whitten being incredibly boring in Exeter. Yes. Yes. But a savvy shopper, got to respect it.
2: Got to respect it. Certainly a better shopper for
1: chocolate than he is a winger judging by the weekend. God love him. Yeah.
2: It didn't I mean Exeter's policy of just keeping these sort of players you forget exist around until needed. I mean I think it's the slightly running out now. Like <laughs> So some, some of these guys are getting quite old and they're not very good anymore.
1: So anyway, thank you, Lloyd. Anybody else who's got a really boring play spot, you go somewhere to top that. Absolutely. But the more boring they are, the more tangents we can go on. So come on, exactly. bring it on. You can get in touch on the Patreon messaging service, but only if yeah, you're a you patron, can. obviously. Obviously. Uh, at Blood and Mud or leahbloodandmud.com. Don't message Josh. He will ignore you. He's not I interested. absolutely will ignore you. Have you set your whole Twitter up now to only speak to people you want to speak to? I think that's the way you've gone with it, isn't it? Uh,
2: yeah, I haven't. I mean, I've not had a great deal of choice in that matter, but unless I also follow... I, th- I think unless you follow me and I also follow you, I just won't see it, because that's the only way for me to exist in the internet these days.
1: Mate, Rob, I did a football podcast uh, um, Podcast with who writes for The Guardian and has done for a very long time. Um, so he's dealt with below the line comments Ooh. since the beginning of the internet, yeah. pretty much. So he's abandoned Twitter. He's he's not having I anything to do with it. Blame. And somebody's accused him of running away from Twitter uh, like it's a fucking like it's, house fire. To, like, or like you
2: have to be there.
1: <laughs> so of course he's running away from it. <laughs> what anyway.
2: absurd. Sorry, that's just quite tickled me. Uh, <laughs> Yes, let's, let's actually do this podcast instead of, you know, just this talking is, about Rand and I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, let's you. do this podcast and move on to the next very relevant section. <laughs> Everything right now, Josh, well, let's yeah. be honest, it's it's hard to love things right now, isn't it? It is. And All we about saying, us is what
2: is bad. And we were saying what came in before we came on air. It's like, it's not been a very joyous weekend in the world of rugby union football, is it? There's not a lot of happy things to talk about.
1: No, and it got worse today after the week. Yes. Monday made it even worse. <laughs> yeah, but we're like, we'll is. talk about it later on. Yeah. You know us. Keep, yeah. out, keep it up. So we thought we'd, you know, we'd bring back because it's miserable and everything's being cancelled. Yeah. Then we basically need to do a war animal. It's war yeah. animal time. We've got to again uncancel everyone. war animals. Everybody I got a jingle for war animal, but
2: I wish it no. Did. Would it just be a lot of animal noises with some marching behind it, and maybe sort of like a, a kind of.
1: I don't know, but I'm on board. I'm on board. I like the way where it's going. I was, I was
2: instantly going somewhere really tasteless with the last post. I was just like let's let's just That's bail out that last... one.
1: The sound of a dying horse in the last last post playing. Yeah. Um, anyway, listener, Mark... no people love this because listeners volunteer them now. So listener, yes. listener, Mark Preston, uh, mm. not the one who used to play wing for Wigan in the late eighties. I'm guessing. Are we but, sure? Could be, but uh, maybe you can confirm, Mark. Um, suggested the beauty that is Tuffy the naval dolphin, which is not made up.
2: No, his name is Tuffy. I mean, they always come on <laughs> with silly names, don't they?
1: They do. That's one they... thing
2: we've learned from this, you know.
1: Now Tuffy mm-hmm. the naval do- Now this opens up an entire can of worms into another. Uh, I got. Much... Ve- I
2: I got so. And to be honest with you, the whole thing about using dolphins in the military is, is a bit blackfishy, you know? <laughs> <a> this... <laughs> blackfish.
1: I've not seen that for ages. Now that's a fucking depressing watch, isn't it? Oh blackfish. yeah. <laughs> um everybody I... feels like those collapsed dorsal fins of blackfish, don't they, right now? <laughs>
2: I mean, we are basically those poor captive orcas, just going <laughs> yeah, round and round yes. and round in our tanks. Except our tanks are our local area. Where if we're we about had
1: dorsal go. fins, they'd have been yeah. collapsed to fuck <laughs> by last yeah. June.
2: I've got, but we basically have just had to end up going on the just to get out of the house. Just going on the same walk every day, and I tell you what, eight months or nine months into this, no matter how many times we tried to sort of vary our route of walking around a suburban housing estate outside of Bristol. There's not a lot to. Uh...
1: I live by the coast, obviously. Yeah, and I went. I took the dog for a walk of the day, and some. I, you know, I've got my headphones in, my hat on,
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and then a middle-aged woman who didn't even have a dog started talking to me. What's that? <laughs> so I was like, I like deliberately like lifted up my hat and like mm. pulled the earphone out to demonstrate what I'm having to do. She's still talking. I said, "What?" You know, I said, "Yeah, what? I said, "Oh, you you know, you can walk." in that North Wales, which, cause you can go the whole way down there for an hour with the dog and you can get to, to, to where you can see the smoke coming out of. And it was like, what the fucking power station. I don't want to walk there for, <laughs> <laughs> said, but honestly you can go there and you can see all that. You can see all the She's only trying to be nice. Pastor. You can see all the, the They're snow trying the, to be
2: nice, but come on.
1: You can see all the snow on the mountains. You can go back to the, it's like, well, you know, imagine if I, I I could have blown her mind by said, "This is the fucking North Wales coastal path, love. If you keep walking, you can go to fucking Pembroke <laughs> if you walk for long <laughs> enough." <laughs> but that would have been too much for her, I think. but um, she was already her mind was blown. You could walk to Connors Key Power Station with your dog. So
2: yeah, we don't. know. I don't have anything. You know, I I'd, I'd love a power station to be honest with <laughs> you, as opposed to just houses and houses oh, and really houses. And a big as and a big asda.
1: I live across the road from. Well the estuary and a marsh, so you cross the railway line it is actually quite nice views over the Wirral all that stuff, so i'm not going to moan too much
2: whereas today I invented uh, a game for me and my wife to play uh, to spice up our Steady. our evening, Where's this our, going? E- <laughs> our evening walk oh, and wow, it's okay. called it's called big light or lamp right? right so you walk you walk in through a a suburban housing estate and you look at someone 's windows and it's you know it's about it's five past five you know it's dark now. And you can see the light in the window, and you have to guess: have they got the big light on, or is that just a lamp? And you can tell by the. <laughs> There's no way of knowing. I mean, it's academic. These are it's the just, real victims just, of lockdown It's, just, it's, just, you, it's just, just next time you're out with your, your friends and if another, maybe just on your own, you know, just you know, about half past five, you know, evening time. Well, it's just big light or lamp.
1: My mate and his wife, and this is true. Mm-hmm. This is true. It is my mate and his wife. I'm not making this up. My mate and his wife have a game called Hotter or Rotter. Right. And, and you know the do you know the um the the phone in stations on on in the nine hundreds on Sky, <laughs> yes, the babe stations yep. of this world. Yeah, yeah. They put that on and then they go. To, and this is true. Is the two of them do this? It <laughs> told me. They go Hotter or Rotter. and then you say like Hotter, and then you flick onto the next channel. And if they consider the the next lady to be hotter. Then you get a point.
2: The problem is you can't do that when you're just out walking. No, you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it depends
2: where you walk. If you do, you have road. to keep it to yourself very quietly.
1: That reminds me of the time when we inadvertently walked through the red light districts in Geneva with the kids when we a couple of, <laughs> about three years ago, which is like one crossroads in Geneva, and we managed to fucking find it somehow. In the middle of the day, it was weird. It was,
2: it, I tell you what, it wasn't as big a deal, but I was on a, a stag doing... Uh, in oh, fuck, Where were we? Uh, in Germany a couple of years ago. Um... Taliban. <laughs> oh, fuck. Where is it? I've forgotten the name of the city. I'm losing my mind. Berlin. Hamburg. Fuck me. We're in Hamburg. Um, and we were walk just walking to try and watch uh, Man United Chelsea on like the Sunday afternoon before we went home. And somebody was like, oh, the Google Maps says just cut through here. Ooh. And it was cutting through the real, real... Like, obviously, Frankfurt is a you know a den of iniquity at the best of the times, particularly the Reaper Band. And, and you like, in Hamburg, but yeah. Indeed. Oh, Hamburg, sorry. Fuck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hamburg is, you know, is a dirty place. Let's not beat around the bush. Um, but the actual proper dirty bit... At, at, at quarter to one in the after, on a Sunday afternoon. Oh dear it. It's just we were there was about twenty of us, and obviously we didn't have kids or anything, but it was just like, God, this is Blake. And it really just I didn't feel in the mood to drink beer and watch football after that, to be oh, honest. Just wait. felt a bit sad.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, big light or lamp while you're out on your wall. Don't tell me you won't be doing it. You'll yeah. all be doing it tomorrow.
2: You see a light on in the window, the curtains are closed, and you've got to think, is it a big light? and thick curtains, or is it a lamp and thin curtains? But how do you, you know that, that the system? curtains are closed? You've just got to no just gotta come to a consensus. of you just got to come to a consensus. you got to make, you know, you make your arguments. Mm, you're, sounds you're, like could be trouble brewing, country. though, in well, you know.
1: relationship, you know what I mean? Well, anyway, cas- cas- meanwhile... you'll get a, an
2: open window because they haven't remembered to close the curtains yet, and that's when you know, obviously.
1: Meanwhile, back yes. in the sea. <laughs> um Talking to the dolphin. So, yeah, yeah, we opened up an entire... Go on, you were saying about dolphins... Military, a bit blackfishing. Black yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. But then I guess at the same time, it's not a million miles away from sort of like...
1: Training a dog, is it?
2: Training a dog, yeah. You know, and the the military and the police using them, um, which seems to be dolphins' as primary use in the Navy.
1: Yeah. But yeah. So this all starts back in 1960. It does. American engineers captured a Pacific white-sided dolphin in the hopes of studying the animals to- and improving their torpedo designs. <laughs> I would love the idea of a fucking dolphin shaped torpedo just flying along the top of the sea but anyway I love this though <laughs> the dolphin never helped make torpedoes any better what the what a shit house. clever my ass. yeah
2: is this the same project is this the same project with that woman what wanked off a dolphin in the 60s
1: not Rebecca Lou's wanking the pig off is that a different? no no no, like, no going back to the so celebrity that, documentary now yeah.
2: was that was it was it Margaret or something it was like a NASA thing in Florida in the 1960s. they just keeps
1: growing legs. Go on. Swiss. Yeah.
2: Where they were trying. To, dolphin you know dolphin in about space before? being wiped incre- off. It's incredible. It was, a, it was like a a sort of a NASA project to try and learn how to communicate with dolphins. And there was this woman. <laughs>
1: I thought that tossing them off was the way to do it. <laughs> it
2: was, I can't remember. I remember the dolphin was called Peter, which just made it worse. Um and she was trying, this woman was trying to teach the dolphin to communicate with her. And so he, she, like, basically, like, moved in with him and, like, slept next to him in this tank and, like, worked on a desk that was, like, half submerged under the water where his tank was so that they could, like, develop this rapport. And they spent so much time together that, like, and this was like a, Peter was like a sort of young adolescent dolphin. That he basically used to get horny, and so she basically just used to let him kind of rub himself off on her, and and she was sort of and and then she was kind of just like kind of into it in a weird way, in a sort of emotional connection with an animal kind of way. Docu- There's like this a is what happens when you when you let
1: the government get involved in business.
2: There was a fucking there was a documentary on. BBC, I think it was BBC Four a couple of a couple of years ago about it. I think it was called the the girl who talked to dolphins or something. But it should have been called the world the girl that tossed off dolphins because <laughs> a lot more people would have watched it. Anyway,
1: <laughs> did it do it in a LA lay-by like in Banished in Blackside? Yeah. Reminds me that other uh, yeah. one when they got that uh, when that bloody psychologist decided to raise a chimp as a member of a normal family, and as soon as it reached sexual maturity, it started headbutting everybody and smashing the house up.
2: I think that's what they were t- probably trying to avoid. I'm uh, not a professor it,
1: of psychology, but I could have told you that was about <laughs> that was going to happen.
2: Yeah, so the U.S., you know, the, the United States government was doing some weird shit with dolphins in the '60s.
1: Yeah, generally, and probably LinkedIn. but trying to, I reckon all of this was 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 really in a. I reckon this was all part of a plot to try and kill Castro. Guaranteed.
2: <laughs> Ultimately, it will all come back to... Because he loved scuba diving, did he, Castro? Castro? Yeah, he did. If we can just convince this dolphin to take this knife... <laughs> <laughs> Shiv him a little bit. And avoid
1: rubbing his knob up against Castro <laughs> when he gets there. We'll be laughing. Um, so anyway, so didn't work with the torpedoes. So... They were impressed the animals' intelligence and their train abilities. This is where all the circus... Not circus, but, you know, aquarium shit started, probably.
2: I mean, they probably, before, they, they probably had it before then, but it they could do... You know, dolphins are incredibly intelligent, can't they? As as Tuffy demonstrates.
1: So the following years, the training facilities were set up in conjunction with Sea with Lab 2, underwater habitat used for testing by the US Navy, and Tuffy turns up and gets trained to deliver tools and messages... From the surface to an underwater research station.
2: Yeah, he's basically the sort of DPD employer of his, employee of his day, and Top equally underappreciated.
1: You know, but that got and you know that's Tuffy's story. Really, he's yeah. one of the first, he was he was he was um, a pioneer. Of he was a dolphin pioneer. I, yeah,
2: now there's a whole the U.S. Navy Marine Mammal Program exists,
1: and that's where things start to get more interesting.
2: Yeah. Do you know there are currently five active marine mammal units in the US Navy? Three dolphins, one sea lion, and the other one, which sounds like a recipe for total fucking chaos, sea lions and dolphins.
1: <laughs> Factionalism <laughs> will develop.
2: Surely you can't communicate with them both the same way. Surely it dolphin... Well,
1: unless you're just gonna wank them all off, that probably works, well, does not it? That's <laughs>
2: <It's> universal language. <laughs> <laughs> um tossing off the universal language. Can that be this week's title? Please? Oh no,
1: I've already got the title written down, and okay, you know what it's good. gonna be. Okay, uh, the, uh, the, so and the type of things they, they get involved in mine hunting. Yes. Underwater mine hunting, which is admirable, isn't it? You can't argue mm-hmm. with that. Force protection. So using them as sentries, war like guard dogs. Have you seen have you seen the specific ways that they're taught to do the sentrying shit
2: though? It's fascinating.
1: No, I didn't go that deep.
2: So they basically, like, they're designed to, like, patrol, like, marine bases and, like, around American ships, uh, you know, in the Gulf and places like that. And what they do is they just swim around the area. And if they see anybody that's not, like, a diver or something or uh, someone that's not supposed to be there, they've got a little fucking, like, thing that's attached to a buoy on the surface. And Mm. they grab that and (laughs) and they swim up behind him and, like attach it to his oxygen tank and then the buoy will explode and then it will let the people know that there's a wrong one down there. Good stuff. It's very it's very advanced.
1: Object recovery, they do that as well. So yeah. recovering stuff from down below and all that. And then, no, see, the interesting thing is this entire program is classified as black ops. Mm. And yet they say, oh no, we're just you know recovering stuff and checking the forces are all right. And then you get to the last bit attack missions is one of the things the navy so, says it's never trained its marine animals to attack missions against people or ships yeah. sure jan yeah, <laughs> yeah. righto american <laughs> black ops program we've all seen the born identity we know what you're up to um the navy stated that, well, i love this though the navy i love the idea that they're not doing it out of principle they said, the Navy, said that dolphins can't discern the difference between enemy and friendly vessels, or divers or swimmers. So this would be a haphazard means of warfare. And given that, that Americans would. can't even stop bombing their own troops with drones and shit. Are
2: dolphins much worse? Exactly. <laughs> well, it's not just the US that's at this, of course, because uh, in 2017, uh, Norwegian fishermen came across a very friendly beluga whale. Uh, who was wearing a harness that says St. Petersburg on it. And uh, most people seem... Uh, and it's criminal
1: fucking mastermind stuff, that, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Where do this beluga whales from? <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, so he effectively defected, um, which makes him the first ever whale defector, I believe. Um Yeah, it's a confirmed sort of intelligence reports that the Russian Navy had been trying to train beluga whales to act as sentries in their Arctic military bases, and then they realised that belugas are just not very good at it.
1: Why do you want to defect, mate? I hear you toss people (laughs) off, is that right?
2: (laughs) Um, Also, a little tidbit that I found right, right at the bottom of the Wikipedia entry on the United States Navy Marine Mammal Program. Mm. Um, Did you know that in Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, there are multiple references to uh, Cetacean Ops, which was intended to be a place where dolphin and whale crew members worked? And, yeah. Like, there are even little outlines. Like, there's a blueprint of... The USS Enterprise, and it's basically some big tanks with little outlines of whales well, and dolphins. Basically, some very optimistic person thought that in four hundred years, dolphins and humans would be able to work together in space for some sort of useful purpose. And good luck to them, I say. What a wonderful vision! In Star
1: Trek, for the joy, the voyage home, whales and humans did work together.
2: Well, exactly, yeah, but they're actually members of the crew, apparently.
1: Oh, I see. Like, yeah. like do they get they're a jacket tr-
2: and stuff? <laughs> I assume they get a little jacket and a little badge and everything.
1: Fair dues. I don't know
2: what, because, I, I mean, the reason that the Navy uses dolphins is because their, um, their sonar is dramatically better than anything even the best, man-made. Even the best man-made sonar, so they can find all sorts of crazy shit. So, you know, maybe they think that dolphin sonar will work in space, which seems like a leap, but you know, More power
1: to them, I say. Some people said it seems like a leap leap that war animals would be on a rugby podcast. (laughs) But who's laughing now, Hey, Who's laughing
0: now? Zero. It gets a bad rep. Like when people say they have zero interest in something. Well, if you're thinking of buying an electric car this year, you'll find this interesting. Because at Nissan, we see the power of zero. Introducing the Nissan Leaf Power of Zero offer. Buy a brand new 100% electric zero emissions Nissan Leaf and get one year's free servicing, a free home charger, the lowest electric finance offer on the market, and great savings on running costs. Now that's the Power of Zero. Find out more at nissan.ie. ACAST recommends. Podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good, families and children respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, like I hope, I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. Like, I just want to get to the stage where you know people are just people. Nobody's pooling the resources together. And actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts. Acast is home to
1: the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. We're laughing. Most people listening aren't laughing, but we don't know. We're doing it. That's anyway. fine. Shall we actually move on to something that resembles rugby? We huh. did mention rugby, I think, in the first five minutes, so don't moan too much, Yeah, yeah. but still. <laughs> it's not a lot. Well, of shall, great we shit. shall we do the news? Yeah. Shall we hit the big news first? Shit is yes. being suspended. Not cancelled. Definitely not cancelled.
2: No. Um, Chinny record. Yeah. No fucking European Cup. I, I, don't, I don't blame anybody. I do not blame Can the Can we blame French Saracens? Not, probably. We can certainly blame Exeter, because they were one of the teams that got called off in the last round for their COVIDiness, which sparked all this naughtiness. Um, But yeah, who can blame the French teams for not wanting to play on Plague Island, frankly? (laughs) Um, Well, the
1: French don't seem too keen to vaccinate the people in their land, it must be said, (laughs) there's a bad figures that are coming out.
2: um, Yeah. Uh, Rob Baxter and Pat Lamb both were like, let's bring forward some premiership fixtures and give the teams a chance to play with full international squads for a few weeks and Premiership weirdly, sensibly went you know what, why don't we just have a little fucking break (laughs) given that we're in the midst of a comically long season that's still theoretically got a Lions tour at the end of it and there's a fucking pandemic on Um, I expect the Pro 14 will probably follow suit and not have any rugby for a couple of weeks which will make the level of rugby chat over these next two podcasts really super duper high
1: we're back to lockdown one. So Six Nations is due to start three weeks on Saturday. Yeah, that's not bad. Uh,
2: yeah, Bernard Laporte's saying, oh, it'll be fine, because the Autumn Nations Cup was fine, so what's the issue? And he seemingly forgot that Fiji only managed to complete one game.
1: He also doesn't <laughs> seem to understand graphs.
2: No, he doesn't. Yeah, thousands of people weren't dying every day in October, Bernard. But what are the, like, just, what are the options for the Six Nations? You know, like... As much as Bernard would like to hope that things could just carry on, surely, you know, the state of the shit show that is currently going on in Britain in particular, but Ireland's not too far behind, and, you know, it's not like France and Italy are unfucked either. Like, there's no way the whole fucking don't-take-the-piss-lads bubbles that existed in the autumn (laughs) are going to be enough to keep things secure, as club rugby is demonstrating. Well, well, they weren't then either, were they? No, no. and, you know, it's you'd effectively sort of need a super bubble sort of thing where all the players and coaches isolated for 10 days, then started training and then didn't have any contact with anyone outside the camp for the full seven or eight weeks or however long it is. And that's going to be a fucking laugh riot for the players and coaches.
1: Where could you do it? Because where did the NBA do it?
2: Well, this is the other thing. Yeah, you buy you buy the play the whole thing in a bubble location. The NBA played it in um, in Disney World, and, and you won't get they,
1: too bored there either. Loads to do. Well, that's the,
2: well they couldn't do that's the thing. They couldn't go to the parks, but they did have free run of all the resorts, which did give them access to a lot of leisure facilities, golf courses, you know, swimming pools, etc. But they moved their entire league <laughs> to Disney, and you can only do that. You know, they were, because of a the number of hotels around Disney, the fact that Disney has wide world of sports and so has loads of athletic bits, but they were in there for four and like they were in there from July until October, and they could not leave, and they Amazing. could not, and they were and it was two months before they were even allowed guests, and those guests like their families, and those guests had to quarantine for ten days before they were allowed to. Come out and do anything, but they had zero positive cases in on tests in four months. In that, so it can be done. Like let's shack up all the teams at Dis- Euro Disney for six
1: weeks. Why not? Or we could use it to regenerate the northwest sort of bit of the northwest economy by shacking them all up, reopening Camelot and shacking them all up there next yeah. next to the M6 near yeah. Chorley. Oh, <laughs> it'd be like a fucking dream for them.
2: It's that football pitch in the Faroe Islands, isn't there? Can they convert that to rugby? Off rugby island? Why not? Brilliant. It'd be fucking cold, but some people say that they like winter rugby. So,
1: so well, everybody. Every time you said it, it shouldn't happen, everyone says they like yeah. winter rugby. Like,
2: I mean, it's we're let's <laughs> go to New Zealand. Ask New Zealand if we can play over like have you play games. What
1: we have to get into New Zealand. You've got to like book your whole, your quarantine hotel, and then align it with your flight, and then get a, like a yeah. secu- a secure, hermetically absolute, sealed taxi. To
2: absolute t- logistical nightmare. But you know,
1: but they're getting to go to pubs and watch rugby and everything. Yeah, then.
2: they can even invite like okay to get the sort of prime time UK TV audiences that they would need to have the Six Nations on. They'd be playing it between sort of three o'clock and six o'clock in the morning. What else New are you Zealand gonna do? Time. Just go on
1: permanent night shift. Loads yeah. of people who worked on the pit were on permanent nights, they yeah. loved it.
2: Don't don't go out, don't change your stuff. Don't change your, your body clock. And okay. then get some really you can even have fans in, okay? They'd be New Zealand fans and they'd be doing it at six o'clock in the morning. But it'd still be fun.
1: Why is New Zealand I just, just seeing the Six Nations up close? they would be horrified. Wouldn't it be
2: weird if like playing like all of a sudden the Six Nations turned into fucking super rugby? And it yeah, there's like. It was, absorbed. It, was the, it was actually the hemisphere that was the problem.
1: It simply to do with. No. There's, there's an extra nitrogen molecule <laughs> in the southern hemisphere that, that'll uncover. That. That's the secret to it all. <laughs> but,
2: like, yeah, you know, we're at a point where they're talking about people only being allowed to leave the house once a week over here now because how fucked we are. And you honestly think we can have a four country international sports tournament in the midst of that?
1: I mean, like, but you can see why New Zealand managed to get this sorted. Because, you know, unlike us, you know, they're an island. Oh, hang on. Um, and they could have <laughs> so locked themselves out of international travel. Not like, oh, hang on. Um, and on yes. we go. Hey, can't I'm go not, back, can you? We can't no. go back.
2: So We're, We are where we are. And so either the Six Nations is going to get postponed, which would probably be the most sensible thing all around, I think. Yes. It's like. Because, hell, I mean, if the Lions gets pushed back a year, as seems...
1: See, I don't think it can be, because... Well, unless unions want, will get compensated for not playing the summer tours next year.
2: Well, they're not going to play the summer tours this year, aren't they? So it's kind of... And the, the home unions make a lot of money off the Lions, a lot more than they make from a fucking Southern Hemisphere tour. Oh, mm,
1: yeah, well...
2: I don't know, I just... Whatever happens with the Lions, it seems very unlikely that it will be happening this July. So just play the Six Nations then. And, you know, players could get a bit of a rest for a month.
1: Imagine that. They could also play in the summer and people will realise the entire world won't fall in on itself if you play it in June. play rugby in the summer, yeah.
2: It's a time for big ideas and bold ideas. And what they'll probably do is just carry on until it gets cancelled about three rounds in because everyone's got COVID.
1: Speaking of big ideas and bold ideas. Mm. I mean, obviously, standing item of the, the All-Star weekend, that's still waiting for anybody who wants to do it. Honestly, That could be done at Camelot, next to the M6. Wrong
2: <laughs> I've had two brilliant ideas about right, right? The All-Star game is one, and the second one is the one I had last night, which is the BBC ripping off what Nickelodeon did with showing the NFL game Yeah, that last got night. a lot of traction, a, didn't
1: it? Such
2: fun, though. Like... Just colourful. Explain to silly. people who
1: haven't seen it what that what that is.
2: Uh, yes, so famous U.S. kids' TV network Nickelodeon, which is owned by CBS, uh, broadcast in conjunction with the series, the adults' one, um, one of the NFL wildcards playoff games last night in a Nickelodeon way. So it had, you know. Silly sort of stats for kids comparing Alvin Ka- uh, Alvin Kamara to Alvin from Alvin and the Chipmunks <laughs> and, and Top trumps. and it superimposed SpongeBob SquarePants' face in between the posts when someone went for a kick, and they had slime. They had computer-generated slime cannons in the end zone when somebody scored a touchdown. It was basically colourful and silly and fun, and if you were a kid, you would have absolutely loved it. And it just made me think. The BBC absolutely one hundred million percent needs to do that for the Six Nations on fucking CBBC or something, and do the graphics and do everything. So don't just have some don't just have some kid friendly commentary on because think about how boring rugby must look to you if you're a kid that's growing up in think about nowadays. how boring <laughs>
1: must r- rugby must look to you if you're an ex professional <laughs> over the age of forty five. Maybe they <laughs> should watch it. Maybe that's just set up for them.
2: Yeah. Well, like, I think, about like, when you obviously, sport looks like how sport has looked effectively. Like, broadcast sport looks like how it has looked, basically, for the last 30, 40
1: years. Yeah, and all the innovations are shit, like zooming in on Rooks and stuff. So I don't want to see yeah. that. The, ca- the fancy,
2: ca- like, spider cam and shit is interesting, but...
1: Uh, the zooming in on Rooks things drives me fucking mad. Honestly,
2: Amazon lost. absolutely lost my mind with how Amazon's camera angles went in the Six Nations. Yeah. But... The sort of basic thing of, you know, a neutral-coloured scorebug in the top left-hand corner, and that's it. Imagine how dull that looks to kids when instead you can have sort of fun animated shit, you know. In a world of Snapchat filters, how boring that looks to kids. And I just thought it was really good and really cool, and we should all steal it immediately.
1: Agreed. Write to your MP, everyone indeed mention the All-Star Weekend
2: so if the if Phil Phil Steele can have a change.org petition about not playing the Lions Tour in Britain then we can have a change.org petition about the BBC doing a kids version of the Six Nations yes that is the thing
1: people are bored Uh, people are so very bored aren't they (laughs) so fucking bored Uh... what other news have we got uh,
2: do you want more depressing news? Well, yeah, but we well, fun some, stuff. Do so. you like
1: some more depressing
2: news or some quite good news?
1: We've just done depressing. Do good, then we'll move back.
2: Uh, Alex Sanderson's your new sale coach, apparently, which I think is a fucking brilliant appointment. Like, he's a good, intelligent young coach who's come from an extremely high-level environment. He played for sale. He's from Chester. Like, it's the perfect hiring candidate for sale. And, like, with one of the few people that you think, yeah, you can probably replicate what Dimes did, but better.
1: He also, I quite liked him, so I'm glad he's away from exactly. Saracens now. So. He's, he's, I know he's, he's a sailor, but.
2: Sailor in danger of becoming likeable with him involved <laughs> and with the players they've got. It's, yeah, it's a perfect sort of match of coach and team, I think. It's a great appointment.
1: Indeed. Uh well, other good news, actually. Let's that's, do that's good news. Let's do a, a good mm-hmm. sandwich, if you like. Uh, Grieg is to make his debut at the weekend playing for the snappily titled NTT Communications Shining Arcs.
2: <laughs> uh, it's... Was that, wasn't it Kieran Reid and Michael Hooper playing in the same back row in the...
1: Yeah, in the Japanese back row who's not going yeah. to the Chiefs for a little while. Is it yes, the
2: yeah. Oh, fuck, what's his name? I can't remember. Um, I remember. But... Yes, which, in a sort of all world exciting back row of that you'll never see anywhere else ever again, <laughs> I think that's what Japanese rugby is for now, and I'm f- absolutely fucking here for it, Toyota the bullets that was it, who were they were, but um, yeah, can we just make Japanese rugby that now, where we get to see our sort of fantasy rugby so we make like, it an,
1: we make Japanese rugby an all star season,
2: yeah. Just get all the best sort of slightly past it you know players from outside of Japan with all the fun players that we like from the Japanese national team and and just just, just put it all together see what happens.
1: it'll be like that. remember the old those that sky legends thing whatever it was called the seven yes.
2: side oh, thing the, the soccer six thing yes it'll be all like the... that
1: but with less sort of stench of casual racism and misogyny. <laughs>
2: Very much that, yeah. Or maybe and not. Hopefully, depends hopefully, who's going. And hopefully fewer uh, beer bellies as well. But you never know, to be honest.
1: Uh, yeah, so that's that. What other news have we got? Carl Sinkler's been cited for swearing <clears throat> near another adult. Can we come back to that?
2: Because right. I I feel I need to rant about that. Any more news then? Um, yes. Uh, to, uh, in depressing news... Uh, Toulon and Bayon are both apparently in for Israel Falau next season
1: how's he managed to wipe himself clean has he done a boycott has he, has he, has he, has he survived the cancer scare <laughs> that makes know. people forget I, no apparent,
2: apparently just still being a competent 32 year old fullback in rugby league or He's or playing centre in rugby league I guess um, is enough to make Toulon and Bayonne consider morally bankrupting their club for him uh, fucking no idea. Speaking by of, on of
1: sign, By on sign, Mike Phillips once. Yes, now they're sullying, sullying that kind of reputation. Sullying,
2: <laughs> and then, and then sacked him when he went and got pissed. And,
1: <laughs> so and they, got fighty they got lot, with people. But he's sacked for having a bit of booze, but yeah. hired for, you know, hate speech <laughs> in an entire group of uh, people.
2: Speaking of old fullbacks, uh, Mike Brown's apparently off to Newcastle, reunited with Dean Richards. Uh, is he going to become as sort of mundane and unspectacular as Simon Hammersley while up there? We can, but we dream. Can,
1: we can only dream that everybody becomes like Simon Hammersley. Well, clearly. indeed.
2: Uh, speaking of uh, French enough, uh, English, uh, speaking of both French people, players and England internationals, actually, uh, Zach Mercer is off to Montpellier, apparently.
1: How old is Zach Mercer now? 24?
2: Uh, he's still very young. He's still definitely uh, in the... Part of his career where you feel like he could crack the England team if things went right for him, but I think he's twenty three years old, um, <laughs> very much still a couple of years away from his prime. That,
1: you go and sign a three year contract in Montpellier, fucking rake it in, you come, and come back, back, and back and he's still tw- twenty
2: six. <laughs> yeah, you're twenty six, twenty seven, especially
1: for a number eight. You know, yeah, I think a number eight. You're probably what, twenty eight thirty is a number eight before you're in your re- like maybe yeah. like you said, twenty six between twenty six and thirty probably.
2: Yeah. And he doesn't get to sort of realise that he's not quite as good as Talupe every single week and every single time he walks onto the rugby field for him. so, you know. That'll be good for him.
1: <laughs> he gives his everything, yeah, because he's trying to be Talupe. that's why. <laughs> Um, no, but a good player though, and and like had yeah. something. Uh, but no yeah. good for him, I think. Good Eddie
2: o- Eddie obviously doesn't fancy him, and Mercer's gone. Well, <laughs> I'm going to go and play in France for a while. I shall make myself the new Stefan Armitage, <laughs> and <laughs> and see if in three or four years' time, uh, England have a new coach who might fancy my brand of number six more.
1: Make myself the new Stefan Armitage. I'm going to make my brother into a twat. Everything is going to be all on brand. <laughs> uh, right.
2: Uh, yes.
1: Shall we talk about weekend? Yeah. the weekend, the weekend, the weekend. Did you see much rugby this weekend in between?
2: I uh, watched a few bits and bobs games here and there. Uh watched the Ospreys game, obviously. Uh watched a few bits and bobs. watched Dexter Bristol. watched uh, Bath Wasps on Friday night, which was a hell of a game. I
1: saw those. I saw a bit of Cardiff... Scarlets. Oh,
2: well, I watched that as well. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. Was, uh, it was. It was good weekend of rugby, actually. Really good. It actually
1: was. We're being a bit miserable about the news, but the, the actual stuff that happened on the pitch is <laughs> what fucking, rugby's about. Really, was fucking
2: is, excellent. Was very good. Yeah.
1: So the weekend, I've looked. Winger hot takes are the hottest of all the takes. All right. As in um, a dog woo. As a of couple of good games, looks a talented lad. Don't get me wrong.
2: Looks a very talented
1: lad. But it's difficult, isn't it? Because normally, you see, you have the Autumn International and there wasn't enough rugby between them for people to get excited and make incredibly thermonuclear takes on a winger. <laughs> so now it's a dogwood, but of course he's qualified. I'd forgotten he qualifies for Italy. He qualifies for Italy. So there's a I, huge I, I'm, Italy pile
2: I'm on now. absolutely into him playing for Italy with their fun backline, by the way. Oh, why yeah. The fu- why the fuck not? He's like- lovely
1: in close, isn't he? He really is. I think like, it's it's that stuff that's really interesting about him. That kind of that that um, uh, Emmett Smith type feel.
2: Yeah, he. It's the step. It's it's not so much even step you in a phone box sort of thing. It's just he, and it's not even that he glides. It's just it's his, about a,
1: a six inch change of direction at Yes, exactly, it's exactly the that. right time.
2: It's it's t- it's timing combined with very subtle movements. And he just seems to slither through. And I, re- yeah, I've really enjoyed watching him play for Wasp this season, so why not? And Bassett
1: on the other wing as well. He's, he's yeah. Wasp well, those... what, generally, really?
2: Wasp generally fucking excellent. But Bassett, like, one of those players that it's sort of like, without wishing to become that guy that bangs the drum for club players to play for international. Thing. Like It surprises me he's never been in the... a conversation about... I know England are, are not short of... Good fucking wingers. But like...
1: But Jones seems to have this... I've got these people who are definitely going to start and then you've got another five who I'm definitely... And then he's then I'm going to call up mad people.
2: Yeah. (laughs) This is the thing. He calls calls up mad people instead of just going, well, you know, Josh Bassett's absolutely the sort of player that Eddie Jones should like. Because he's, what, six foot three, six foot four, about 15 stone. He's
1: got Ben Tune all over him.
2: He's a big fucking lad and he's quick. And he's a good finisher and he seems quite an intelligent player. It's like he could be in the right, you know, give him the right sort of situation and he could have, and he's he played for England under 20 levels, didn't he?
1: I can't remember.
2: I seem to remember him being involved in that sort of very good England under 20 side around about 2010, 2011, something like that. Yeah, he it did just, play
1: then. God, yeah, he's, he's 28 now. God, I thought he was younger.
2: Yeah, I think he's, get, he's getting on a bit, but he's still got, you know, Johnny, let's be honest, Johnny May was a terrible international winger until he was about 30. So,
1: Excellent <laughs> it's diplomat, no, it's, though. It's, Excellent it's, international diplomat.
2: Absolutely knows where the problems are and how to resolve them, and that's important.
1: What have you got for the weekend?
2: Um... <laughs> I I'm less bothered about a player saying fuck in the vicinity of a ref now we' we'll do it anyway okay. than okay. I am than <laughs> I am about one petulantly being seen to dismiss the seriousness of a reckless contact with the head in the professional game. Like Carl Carl has been cited, right? He probably shouldn't have asked Carl Dixon if he was fucking kidding with him, although he did have a good point. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he was clear. That was clearly a no arms tackle and it was at least a pen and probably more and quite dangerous. But like the his, the sort of hot air and hysterical takes spouted about it about, you know, basically a young black player venting his understandable frustration at a ref getting it wrong in a disrespectful way is in stark contrast to the complete fucking silence that Liam Williams's much more fucking chopsy comments got when he got sent off against the Blues. You know, saying, oh, going to stop playing touch, is it? Twice, as he sort of mardied his way off the field, was so like, it's been broadly treated, in the same way that, that Dwayne Vermeulen doing exactly the same thing a couple of weeks ago, mm. sort of being treated like it's funny. And honestly, which one of those things is more harmful to the game?
1: Do that Lee Williams thing first, yeah, I think there's still this... Um, um- we were part of a discussion with some friends, weren't we, about that really good point about morality in rugby—that people still see a red card as a moral problem and, and, and a moral comment, a comment on a person's morality, yeah. rather than a reaction to this thing that just happened.
2: Yeah, it's like he did a fucking E Honda style flying headbutt into Shane Lucas. Lewis Lewis was
1: lying on the floor. Yes, he was. Like- I mean, seriously. Though, I mean, how thick have you got to be to that you can even clear somebody out? Assuming like that's what that. he was
2: doing. Yeah, it's like, like it's not as you say. It's not a moral sanction. Like people thinking like that is a hangover from the days when, in order to get a rugby a red card in rugby, you basically had to commit a violent crime. Yeah, you had to be Jack the Ripper. Basically. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> Liam Williams obviously, and it was didn't... a moral problem then because you would be yeah. sticking your thumb in someone's eye or ripping yeah. the testicles yeah. off or something. You know. It yeah, be...
2: but it's not like that anymore. Like Liam Williams probably didn't mean to smash. His head into Shane Lewis Hughes's head in the way that he did, but it doesn't really fucking matter. As we've said so many times on this fucking podcast over the last five years, intent does not matter. Like, a red card is not about punishing the player, for, not just about punishing the player for a reckless, dangerous act. It's about re- protecting them and everyone else on the field from more reckless behaviour by removing them from the field of play. It's not a statement on his character. It's a statement that I'm
1: making people players next time be... think. Oh yeah, you get sent off for that now, don't you? Yeah, exactly. So maybe I won't do it.
2: It's it's like it's a, it's a, t- a sort of a commonly treaded example, but it's no different to tip tackles. The only way that that behaviour changed was by fucking sending Sam Warburton off in a World Cup semi in a World Cup quarter final semi final, I should say.
1: But there is still an entire thick, rich seam of people in rugby who still agree that all of that is fine. So then it's okay for Liam Williams to say that to the ref. And that's amusing.
2: Yeah, but then it's not okay. So I can't think of them to go, are you fucking kidding me?
1: I mean, to be fair, that everything associated with things like that has very consistently in rugby been a no-no. And usually self-policed by the players, actually.
2: No, it's true. And, and Sinclair has some form for it when he got a bit excited and then sort of apologised to the, an international a couple of years ago and then apologised to the ref, which was very, very <laughs> oh, yeah, funny. I remember that, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but I just, I don't know, like, I'm finding something about maybe it's just the spirit of the age, but like, this whole sort of notion of like deferring, like, the relentless. Obsession with respecting the referee in rugby is just so tied up in the sort of maybe it's reading that fucking book about all them World War One <laughs> rugby lads, posh rugby lads, but like it's all so tied up in like the sport's inherent fucking classism and the Victorian morality that like, like the sport of rugby won't end if a player back chats a ref without getting publicly flogged for it. Like, I don't know, I don't know, I just don't. Why should it? Why should it be seen as such a bad thing to question authority? <laughs> Look, I know that sport requires. There's a, there's a line between abuse. Telling a ref to fuck off is not acceptable. Hmm. Telling anybody on a field of sport to fuck off or in the workplace is not acceptable. You know, but saying Are "you fucking kidding me" is, you know. I don't have an issue with it. I genuinely... I would not... You know, I think that he... Understanded... You know, he... He understandably realised that he'd overstepped the mark. And, you know, I think it was perfectly fine of Carl Dixon to say, look, you don't talk like that to me. And for me, that should have been the fucking end of it. People saying he should have got sent off. Fuck off should he get sent off for that. Like... He momentarily lost his cool and then apologized for it afterwards. The fact they've cited him for it is fucking absurd. The fact that he'll probably get just as long a ban as Liam Williams did for fucking taking Shane Niewasius's head off and not being sorry about it is fucking absurd. It rugby makes a fucking ass of itself with this sort of shit. It really does.
1: Yeah, it's a tricky. It's, I'm not quite as decided as you. I do. I. I like, to be honest, more than anything, because a lot of the kind of histrionics, if they do come in, and it has come in in Rugby League a lot more in the past 10 years in particular, more than anything, a are kind of tedious. I agree with you and, and if you. and if you've got a kind of, and I think there's something about, and it's not because I've got a moral issue about shouting F off at another blow or, or you know, for Fox sake, ne- near to something. Jesus, you listen to this podcast. But the, <laughs> the I don't have fun with that. I think it's more. I think the game's better to not have it in it, and and then it's not because of a morality thing. It is just actually. I think it's just a. It's a better thing to not have people fucking arguing at the ref and it becoming a thing.
2: I get what you say, but at the same time, I just. I particularly also feel like it's a <laughs> respect, like. As you say, respecting officials and not having that kind of tediousness is a good thing in rugby and should be encouraged. But at the same time, I don't, it sort of forces players to adopt the sort of Victorian upper class mannerisms and deference that I just find very uncomfortable. Tugging your
1: forelock, no matter what they've actually seen. Well, exactly. Said yeah, it.
2: Talking, yeah no, it doesn't matter how wrong the ref is, you say, yes, sir.
1: Oh, fuck that. <laughs> Like,
2: like, I'm not sure that, like, teaching kids that challenging authority, even when it's blatantly wrong, is is a good thing for sport to do anymore. You know, like, I feel like we're past that. And particularly when you're talking about a sport that you want to, you know, reflect a variety of backgrounds and, you know, a a, different... Why should we force everybody into this cookie cutter of, yes, sir, thank you, sir, sorry, sir? Like, how far is it respect and how far is it forcing people to conform in a way that causes them to suppress their own background and their own exuberance and their own personality? I don't give a fuck if Carl Sinclair is over the top and silly and occasionally steps over the line to losing his head. because I think, And the same with somebody like Alice Gensh. Because I think that's just them being their authentic selves as athletes and people. And it's not something I thought much about for the last couple of months, but it's something that's really started to bother me about rugby is this sort of desire to push everyone into the same box that comes with this sort of code of inverted commas respect that I'm just, I'm not sure how helpful it is anymore. It's helpful I, I in some I ways, but I, it's... I
1: don't like comparisons to football because I'm a big football fan and I think a lot of them are classist and irritating. However, if you remove that for a minute, would you want to see the kind of behaviour towards officials in football, in rugby? Would you be happy with that? Because that's no, ultimately I what, we're, what you'd be, you, could, you could be sanctioning, really.
2: You could be sanctioning, but that that, you know... It's not like that in tennis. You know, somebody like, you know, somebody occasionally will lose their fucking mind at an umpire.
1: And you got Nick Kyrgios Um, in tennis, who's one of the most entertaining people I've ever watched (laughs) in my life.
2: (laughs) You know, and they go over, you know, people regularly remonstrate with the ref, and the ref just goes, no. And if they go too far, then they get, you know, they get sanctioned for it, and I yeah, don't see, I see what you mean. there's anything wrong with this rugby. There shouldn't, still shouldn't make... be
1: prior restraint, as Walter from the Big Lebowski would say. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> but
2: I, I don't have any. Don't make this a with...
1: constitutional thing, man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't have any issue with Carl Sinclair saying, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And then Carl Dixon going, "Look, do not talk to me like that," and him going, "Sorry." that to me is act- yeah what an actual level of like beyond the sort of because I think
1: everybody agrees that that Dylan Dylan Hartley thing where where Wayne Barnes said he said fucking cheat and yeah. I thought he said it to me so he's going off. Mm. I don't think anybody else would you have a do you still agree with that? I mean I
2: I would it's a different kettle of fish because obviously Dylan Hartley had a great did the previous there but I do think that there's a. It's I think i would absolutely more. draw the
1: line at of calling an official a cheat. I think you should.
2: Yeah, I was thinking if he he should have gone for that. If Wayne Barnes, to the best of his ability, you know, and knowledge. Yeah, that's what he said. He, he was said was uh, Wayne Barnes is a
1: reasonable guy. He said, "I believed yeah. he was directing that at me." So you go. Yeah.
2: With. Yeah, in that sort of situation, absolutely fucking like questioning, you know, questioning anyone's credibility and integrity is unacceptable on a sports field or you know anywhere in life certainly not without cause but like should you like that's if for me what happened between Carl Sinclair and and Carl Dixon was genuine respect in that he got a bit carried away said something that he shouldn't have realized it but was still rightly pissed off that and between Dixon two grown
1: get... men went, oh, I'm sorry, oh, I shouldn't uh, have said that. Just, yeah.
2: And he went, fair enough. And then he apologised for it after. But instead, we have a sort of fake respect where, to the same Weirdly, in that same game where Dixon sent off both props because he didn't have a clue what was going on at the scrum and didn't know how to fix it.
1: Oldest story in the world. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but that that was like a very obvious... Fake level of authority because he didn't understand how to referee it properly, and so he just went. I'll get it's, two new ones on, and it's it's and the, it's, it's, yeah. it's, and the it's, it's heavy handed it, in a sort of way. The flip
1: side of it is that it is it is it is the worst Nigelisms the other way because he spoke to people like they were seven, yeah, <laughs> when they were you know when they're grown up, you know. exactly,
2: and that's the thing. It's like if if you are expecting treat players like adults imagine a they... policeman
1: talking to you like Nigel Owens did yeah i'd write long i'd write like the longest letter of complaint that i've ever fucking written in my life probably if that happened to me
2: yeah and it, it's it's i would much rather rugby players were allowed to behave like adults and were allowed to have a certain level of you know personal responsibility but also freedom to express themselves than this kind of very oppressive. Very. If you say the wrong thing or you speak in a manner that we find unacceptable, I will send you from see, this field of play.
1: I can that, see what you're saying. I'm a bit worried about the the the, the in- unintended consequences of it. And it no, I don't. A, I, I however, don't. I take your point about tennis that most people don't do it, and the ones that do get a warning, and they pack yeah. it in. You get a public it's, warning, don't you? Effectively, they pack yeah. it in. Otherwise, you're off. Then you forfeit. The reason the that football. The reason
2: that football has got as bad as it was is because referees basically didn't enforce. You know, if some
1: yeah, the, cu- if, the culture of the game became what it was. There's, there's yeah. my I suppose there's and nothing to say that that inevitably happens because it doesn't happen in every sport. No. So,
2: <laughs> and it certainly would not happen in a sport that like rugby union has hot mics on the field of play.
1: Also, the fact that generally, if you do go too far. As you said, generally in my experience, that when I played, and stuff, it was self policing. They'd say, "Calm down, otherwise you're going to fuck us here." Yeah. You know, if you, and actually, it tends to self police itself. And I think what you're really advocating for is a is a move in the line, really.
2: Yeah, and I think you could see, like Lua Tua realized instantly that Sinclair <laughs> has gone too far because hmm. he was just hand on him and basically said, "Go, go away now." And to an extent, this is self-policing, you know? Yeah. A captain will tell a player to get a fucking hold of himself if he's too hyped, too wound up. I don't know, I just... Something about the whole thing I can see just what you're makes saying. me I'm uncomfortable. Undecided. I would. Yeah. You know, We don't know. I, if... I appreciate people won't agree with me about this, and some people feel very strongly about. It must this must be a weird of...
1: position for you to be in. People not agreeing. Yeah, so. Weird people not agreeing.
2: But I imagine that people who usually do agree with me probably won't agree with me about this. But I don't know. I just if there I are find... certain
1: sacred cows in rugby, aren't there? There are. And, and, and I understand... using the swears near a referee is is, yeah, is a and, bit. It and, and, and doesn't indeed...
2: happen ever indeed bringing up anything about... To so the
1: point at which it's making me feel slightly uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, me, so Yeah,
2: it's like anything to do with the referee is sacrosanct in our sport and I'm not sure it should be.
1: See, because so, I quite like the fact that when Andre... I don't know why, but when Andre Watson did that worst decision ever in the 2003 final, when when England were pushing <laughs> South Africa over their own line and he blew it up and gave a penalty to South Africa... And Lawrence, Lawrence Delario <laughs> looked at him and, and, and shrugged his shoulders and did the kind of the kind of upturned <laughs> smile thing. I went, and then just went walk back to his mark because you know under normal circumstances he'd be ranting. So I quite like that, but then I, go, I don't know why I don't like that. because really you should just go. Are you fucking kidding me, Rep? <laughs> Shouldn't you be allowed to do that? And that's
2: way. the thing. I suppose I say you can do but that, but you do Rugby, do your can, rugby can contain multitudes. You know, yeah. I'm still absolutely fine with only the captains like being able to directly have conversations with them. Well, ref. they can say, are you fucking fun.
1: kidding me, ref? You, yeah,
2: <laughs> and then the referee can go, stop it. Thank you, yeah. all right.
1: <laughs> yeah, because actually something about not allowing it he all misses the sixty.
2: Na- then he misses the Six Nations because he asked the ref if he was fucking serious, it's silly. Yeah. But now that's what's going to happen because there's no rugby going to be played before the start of the Six Nations, so he's probably going to miss a couple of games for England.
1: To be continued, no doubt. Yes. Um so weekend have Exeter been figured out or are they just a bit tired?
2: I think they're a bit tired and also they they're missing quite a lot of very good players. <laughs> it's still <laughs> not on <a> that <bad laughs> side, is it? But I know it's still, still not it's still a very good side, don't get me wrong. But you look at the players that weren't playing for Exeter on the weekend and it's like, yeah, I mean there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of good players there to come back.
1: Do you remember when? Do you remember when um, that that five week period when Don Armand not been in the England squad was the biggest disgrace in rugby? Uh, yes, and then nobody mentioned that, really. it again, and now he's the second choice lock.
2: Yeah, no, they. <laughs> and he's really not very good with it. <laughs> <laughs> he has He is really not played very well over the last couple of weeks. I watched the Wasps game and I watched the Bristol game, and I was I was shocked by how. Quickly, that guy has sort of seemingly gone off a cliff. I'm sure he wasn't that bad last season, to be brutally honest. But it just seems like he's gone off a cliff performance-wise in quite a strange way. Johnny Hill is like just the uber
1: shit, isn't he? He just doesn't stop. He's an absolute... He might very well be a nice guy, but on the field, he's... Oh, my word. He is Cobra Kai. (laughs)
2: Yeah, no, he absolutely is hell of a you know another hugely oh, impressive win for Bristol uh,
1: though. Yeah, and actually, well, some it's, we'll hold we'll, we'll part of that for a minute because a lot of that's coming up in Shitgood, so um, mm. we'll, we'll leave that for a sec. Uh, anything else on the weekend? Um,
2: Leinster, are oh, all right, good again. <laughs> I'm quite, I'm quite happy to see Cardiff not look quite so miserable all the time with the prospect of die. We haven't talked about
1: die. We haven't talked about die. Die is back and the mere idea of his presence <laughs> The mere concept
2: of die. <laughs> Means that Cardiff book
1: up their ideas.
2: I'm very excited, even as a non Cardiff fan. Just like it feels right, you know.
1: Yeah, and, and just an entirely square man, like he's in Minecraft. Yeah, yeah, a Minecraft 100%. man.
2: He's all angles, that guy. Beautiful. Both, both in terms of running. From your hometown, of course. Yes, he he's Aberdeer boy. Is Kumbaya he from boy, near where
1: you were in Aberdeer? Is it, is it? Yeah,
2: yeah. He's from cumdare Like, well, he used to. He lived in Cumdare Well, I'm sure I've said this on the podcast before, but he used to live in a. He used to live in the new estate where my mate lives in Cumdare.
1: I mean, it was a nice house,
2: but like a couple of people I was in school with lived there. I and mean, yeah. they weren't particularly rich.
1: Detached house on the new estate. Yeah. new build
2: yeah. detached house on the new estate yeah. overlooking the country park. And uh, yeah, He used
1: to, you know... Used you to did see tell him us when you there. saw him in... Did you see him in Wetherspoons and Aberdeen? I saw
2: him the, Shortly after he left the Blues the first time around, I saw him, he was in Weatherspoons on a Friday night. and No, actually, it was when he was still at Cardiff. And for some reason... He wasn't with the. I think the Blues were like playing fucking Benetton or something. And somehow, for some reason, he was in Weatherspoons in Aberdare. And the game was, because it was still on BBC in those days, the games were on the telly. And I was just sitting there watching it sort of around the table. And I looked and I was like, hang on. (laughs) Shouldn't you be. I I assume it was some sort of like. Was he watching or was he like. Not no, so, did not watch it any way, as shape, or form, which <laughs> I found brilliant. brilliant. Eli I did I, I kept looking at him to see if he was watching the game. So I was like, mate, that's your fucking team playing there. And just didn't care. Did what? not care at all.
1: Please tell me you can remember what was the what was the club like? Black um, Trouser.
2: It was sort of two thousand and would have been two thousand and four, two thousand and five. Oh, so, so it was it was. Um Bootcut jeans. Yes. Shoes, obviously. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and a sort of pink and white striped open collar shirt.
1: Fucking beautiful. <laughs>
2: it's just exactly what you wanted him to wear, isn't it? I mean, what else do you want him in? And he was drinking, I think he had... I think him in his, um I think he might have started on the Magnus and then he moved on to pictures of Woo Woo. Oh, because non more in where, valleys, what a man! <laughs> when you're in, when you're in where, I mean, he stood out because that was obviously the era in the valleys where all the men who were of dyes size and build uh, wore those plunging pink V-neck t-shirts that looked like they'd been sort of eaten by animals. Scoop neck, it's very, yeah, the sort of real plunging, sort of down to the nipple yeah. V's. Well, I was glad he he was just wearing the shirt, if I'm brutally honest.
1: He wouldn't tolerate yeah. something wouldn't so tolerate informal. Shit. Saturday night? Oh, of course not. Out in the pub, Saturday night? <laughs> it, was,
2: it was Friday night, actually, I remember. But still, the weekend it, night, yeah.
1: you have to make a fucking yep. effort, do you know what I mean? It exactly. might be a turn-on.
2: Exactly. I still, to this day, would like to know why he wasn't coaching Cardiff that night.
1: And not interested. Did he <laughs> no, had not he not
2: been interested. sacked? Was it
1: just before he left?
2: Maybe I got my timelines mixed up, but I, I'm sure I vividly remember sitting there, and this was, this was presumably when you could still smoke in pubs because I was in the smoking bit of Wetherspoons in Aberdeer. <laughs> <laughs> Which was separated. I mean, from it's the all non-smoking. fucking glamour, yeah. whichever way you slice it. But. <laughs> Which was separated from the non-smoking bit of Weatherspoon's by nothing. Um,
1: <laughs> smoking on the <laughs> plane. It's a sealed
2: tube, for fuck's sake. And he came, because it was you could always get seats in the smoking area usually because so his, him and his missus and some friends had to come and sit in the smoking area while I was sitting there fucking chaining my camel blues. It would have been at that point. Oof. <laughs> Oof.
1: They thought they have been purchased for effect, Josh. You're not being funny. <laughs>
2: I could, yeah. Why did I ever smoke Camel Blues? Horrible fags.
1: No wonder you got COVID. No, i <laughs> fucking COVID. It's, I smoke, They're already I smoke, scarred. I, I smoked Camel
2: Yellows at one point at the start of university, which is the Marlboro Red equivalent. It was like fucking smoking paint thinner, horrendous stuff. When I first met my wife, my wife
1: me. I didn't. I've never smoked, and she smoked Marlboro Red, and I met her at uni.
2: Oh, hardcore.
1: Yeah, and it just shows you how much I've fancied the trousers off her, because basically that didn't put me off.
2: <laughs> I was going to say <laughs> they have an odor. Uh,
1: anyway, that, yes. sorry, that was the weekend. Anything else on the weekend?
2: Uh, no, I'm pretty satisfied as an Ospreys fan to be honest, especially with what Toby Booth said at the end of the game, which was basically, "This is we're, we're on, we're going somewhere. We're nowhere near there yet, but this is good," and I agree.
1: Obviously a lot of the weekend is covered in shit goods, so that's how we can uh, which Indeed. we will now move on to this very second, mm. I guess. We always start with shit so we can brighten up everyone's day with goods yeah. at the end, which some will end up sounding like shits as well, but that's just how we roll. Have you got any shits or do we go do you to know what? the to the, I've to the got, people?
2: I've decided that I've got no shits this week, because I think the world's shit enough. And I don't feel like any being I've been negative enough tonight. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let it go.
1: Narrator, everything that was on his list had already been talked about, (laughs) ladies and gentlemen, that's what. (laughs) Uh, Right then, shit, Cole Devitt gets in touch. He says, shit Mm -hmm. is Sanjay, Liam Williams, his reaction to it and everyone who agrees with him about it. Yes, cash your net wide, Cole, we like it.
2: (laughs) It's fucking true
1: though. James Franklin says, shit is people getting more het up that players swear on a rugby field and players actions on a field that can cause injury. I don't condone that language, he says, but it says a lot about the situation at the moment, which kind of feeds into what you were saying. He's not quite going full, Josh, on the swearing, but he's he's kind of there.
2: I condone the language.
1: (laughs) I condone all language.
2: (laughs) But no, I agree. I I just think there are bigger things to be worrying about for the Ospreys at the moment. Uh, For the Ospreys, for the rugby at the moment. (laughs) the biggest the thing game... you need to worry
1: about is that Stephen Myler's not getting any younger that's what you need to worry about <sighs>
2: ageless ageless Stephen Myler
1: <laughs> now what else we got here Rose gets in touch he says shit is Ulster losing their winning streak just one round before inevitably, inevitably sport is cancelled again <laughs> do we think that's a realistic <laughs> possibility uh, I don't I, think it is I don't I think it'll
2: carry on. I I've read some slightly worrying shit from uh Dan Rowan on the BBC today which basically says that the government has told sport that it needs to get its shit together after basically because of the FA Cup on the weekend where you know there were multiple shots of you know players having celebrating and changing rooms in a non-socially distanced <laughs> manner and loads of fans hanging around right outside. You know, little minnow grounds, not socially. Well, distancing. Tottenham played
1: Marine in Birkenhead, didn't they? Exactly, so the yeah. The and big... so,
2: the, you know, and the streets were fucking lined, which I, I sympathise with. But apparently, the government is running out of patience with that sort of shit. So, <laughs> well, it's yeah. a good job they're
1: getting into it nice and early, though. we running out of patience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You... Stuff, isn't it? But uh, uh... <laughs> yeah. Miles Burley it's... gets in touch on the Twitter, yes. and he says, "Shit, it's Gloucester." You had a losing bonus point, and all you had to do was not do anything stupid for three minutes, and you couldn't even do that, says (laughs) her.
2: Oh, Gloucester. I don't know why we expected Gloucester to not be themselves, but they really have snatched comedy from the jaws of looking quite decent again about 18 months ago. These are really out as well. Yeah. They re, the wheels really have come off there in a way that uh, I mean it always defies belief. But particularly <laughs> at the moment with the squad that they've got.
1: What else have we got here the shit? Where where are they at the table now, Gloucester? Oh the bottom. Oof. Of course they are. What else have we got here then?
2: Uh, from shit Owen Glindua says shit is Exeter's one dimensional play
1: well it all was ever thus
2: never more demonstrated than by Ian Witten on the wing who's 80 (laughs) minute stats read meters made zero breaks zero players beaten zero offload zero tackles made two tackles missed one I mean it's not no wonder you need
1: some fucking Kit Kats after that I was going to
2: say I bet he absolutely mainlined
1: those (laughs) before he even got all four of them (laughs) I've never done that before, eating all four things from a garage before I get home. Honest. No,
2: definitely not. Definitely
1: not. Jack Hurst gets in touch. He says that shit is cleaning fucking skirting boards. Oh. yeah. I, moved house. I don't think I've ever cleaned a skirting board. I'll be honest, like I've never cleaned a skirting board in my life.
2: Uh no. I mean I hoover them to get the dust off.
1: Yeah, I've done that. Yeah. yeah. And
2: maybe he's cleaning them before painting them though. You know?
1: See I've never done I don't I don't clean services for a paint. Neither do I. I just fucking I just rack it up, get it, it painted. On there. I sometimes sand them. Yeah, you can buy a liquid sand though. You can wipe on with a cloth. It's like it's like a sticky type thing. Really? Oh yes.
2: Oh, this is exciting. I've got a lot of doors that need sanding. So,
1: well, obviously it doesn't work. It's. I mean, you have to be, like if you're going to paint over the top of the liquid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, can't yeah, put yeah, it. Yeah. It doesn't like sand paint off wood just by rubbing. Oh no,
2: it. no 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 no! I've got a sander for that. It's fine. I got an I've got the little. Yeah, say so you say power that. But
1: it's fucking miserable.
2: I hate sanding. <laughs> With a fiery, it's probably the worst job. I mean, is it a worst job in DIY? Uh, dolphin sanding? wanker. That's the worst yeah. job. Yeah, <laughs> in terrible, although she seemed to enjoy it and claims <laughs> to enjoy it. Uh...
1: the most, I bet yeah. it's, you know, like Stockholm syndrome. Is there a word for starting to enjoy doing it? You know, tossing off animals because you've done it enough. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I bet the Germans have got a word for
2: it. Cockholm syndrome.
1: <laughs> there it <is>. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right then a rugby person gets in touch he says that shit is if France pull out the Six Nations but the tournament goes ahead anyway Scotland won't be able to claim they're the reigning Five Nations champions anymore. oh uh, yeah he won't I don't go ahead there's, though, there's, there's, it, there's
2: absolutely no chance that the Six Nations goes ahead without France it's just and will amazing. Ireland
1: travel well this
2: is the <laughs> other thing Ireland are not exactly in great shape themselves but again Plague Island
1: don't want to get too involved in the politics, but I did I did I did appreciate the shit housing the Republic did by saying, Don't worry, Northern Ireland students, we'll pay we'll pay for Erasmus for you. Don't worry about that.
2: <laughs> you, you guys are fine. Right, yeah. Shit housing <laughs> the
1: UK. One <laughs> child at a time. Um, what else have we got Craig Hogg gets in touch. He says, Shit, is Glasgow versus Edinburgh game cancelled due to the pitch being unplayable, even though it's an artificial pitch built to withstand the Scottish weather?
2: Yeah, that was a weird one. <laughs> and just sort of got the vibe of well, we can't just say it's cancelled because of COVID again. So, <laughs> yeah. can we just think of something
1: else? The pitch is a plastic pitch, Tomala. we have living strange times. <laughs> but Craig says good is Lee's hair because before the last pod, I didn't think he had any.
2: Again, it comes back to this thing about people. Did I mention you're having bald. hair on the last part? Uh, you did. Have... You said that you mentioned something about haircuts. You bought some. You bought clippers. That's, That's right. they Clippers. Yeah. Yes. Oh, excellent. I'm not going to get <laughs> trapped
1: again like last time.
2: <laughs> um, and you uh, and you said that people often think that you're bald, which he's just proved.
1: Yeah. to be Yeah. People thought I was bald. Mm. Got them from Argos. The clippers delivered no, yeah. on the same day.
2: Argos, same-day delivery thing is
1: next level. Which comes from... the Our Argos has moved into Sainsbury's.
2: Yes, as as many of them have, yeah.
1: The Sainsbury's in Flint, by the way, and I think I can state this without argument, is the shittest Sainsbury's in the entire <laughs> world. And I think it's because they stock to their market, don't they?
2: Yes, they do. And, you know, it's... That's why my local Asda is a depressing place. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <But> you want <laughs> to buy have some that, better stuff to get an algorithm anything, just, day, doesn't so. have
2: anything good look i told you i, I, I might have told you this off air i don't think i said it's so that, that you know how like the nectar card tells you how you know what you've bought more than anybody else every year i didn't know that but i have yeah, heard this I, yeah i didn't do this until friend of the pods uh Robbie Squidge Robbie uh, mentioned that NetCards do this, but Marks and Spencer's Sparks Card also does this. And I was the number seven uh, consumer of bakery go- fresh bakery goods from my local M&S last year, which made me feel both proud and depressed. <laughs> in <laughs> I like I like a fresh white bull. What can I tell you? you know? M&S as well. The yeah. fact
1: you have got a Sparks Card though, I'm well, it's
2: you. I mean, they were. I got it because. They're like, when you scan it, we might, we'll might we give money to charity. And I was like, all right, then you little shit, fine,
1: you'll have it. And we'll fucking bread shame you at the end of the year.
2: Exactly. I wasn't aware that bread shaming was part of it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Robbie got cheese shamed, of yeah, course.
2: Yeah, he did. he did. Robbie bought more grated uh, mature cheddar cheese than... He might have been saving than this for... anyone contest, else to be is, fair. in his... Yeah. yeah, let's be quiet. Than, than so, anyone else in the in his Sainsbury's. But I say, I'm right there with him. I'm all for buying... Pre-grated cheese saves time.
1: My son's an enormous consumer of of cheesy nachos, so we always got to have uh, cheddar cheese in, so that he can basically just put a plate full of plain nachos, chuck cheddar cheese, and lob it in the microwave for two he's, minutes. That's he's
2: his, ready to be a student, that guy, isn't he? He's very. very close. <laughs> I would say though, if you want to be kind of, if he wants to raise his game a little bit, you should get the shredded mozzarella and cheddar mix. Because that makes it a bit meltier.
1: I'll mention that to A bit to creamier. He also, he, he fucking like artisaned it up in the past few weeks. He started cutting like chorizo into little tiny cubes, frying that up. Fucking hell. And then putting that on, then sticking it in the microwave. So I, so he's like, I tell you. I tell you what? Kids kids, kids these days. Mm. Um, anyway, lastly on the ship, Paolo Frutini bloody. says, shit is Bath being a hair's breadth away from not getting any league points despite scoring 39 match points.
2: Can we talk about tell you, actually what is shit? I'm going to break I'm going to break my promises of not having a shit. It's that Leicester have are in the top half of the table despite having played like one game this season.
1: It's fucking plague ball, isn't it? Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, most of their points have come from cancellations, which just doesn't seem right. I'm sorry, it just does not seem right.
1: I'll tell you what, I know there's know,
2: no I know this fucking no way to make this good, but it
1: just doesn't seem right. Unless, you know, I mean, imagine their countenance—anything to get back in the top half. They're probably sending like parcels full of COVID to like training grounds <laughs> to try. because they've got to get back on top somehow. And God knows, changing managers and the signings they're making ain't working. So, mm-hmm. what else we got? Oh, we're on good now. Oh, yeah, yeah, Have you got any goods, then, seeing as you're all full of sweetness and Oh, yeah, right?
2: I've got goods. Uh, tell you what, Jamie Roberts is looking better than he has in years. Like, some of the angles that he was running on Saturday against the Ospreys and the pace that he was hitting them with were proper fucking vintage Jamie Roberts on a Lions tour angles. And he was really making fucking hay. He was lucky enough to get a
1: try or two. Do you think he's, um he's you know... um. He's like Samson, like stitched his strength back into him with his hair, his hair weave. <laughs> Maybe
2: it's whatever it is, though, coming to the Dragons as as really, you know, if he, he looks fitter, he looks leaner, like I don't think I think his Wales days are past him. But honestly, he's, he's the best 12 in Wales at the moment, except for Kieran Williams. Obviously, he's the best player on the planet. But like, <laughs> but other than him, you know, he's really in great form, and it wouldn't be the stupidest thing in the world for him to be in the world squad for the Six Nations.
1: Uh, Morgan gets in touch. He says, "Good was the clip of that player lifting, uh, lifting the ref in France." He said, "But then shit was me searching him on Google and finding out he's a gigantic <laughs> prick." Yes. Yes, he is. It's That's two kind it's of words, really. It's a, it's, a,
2: it's a classic Milkshake Duck scenario,
1: isn't it? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Adam uh, Reese gets in touch and he says, yes. you know what my good is, so mm-hmm. let's just play the song. Yeah. There you go. He's back, everyone.
2: Also from In The Blues, though, uh, Jared Evans. Eventually, someone is going to catch on to the fact that he just dummies and goes. <laughs> <laughs> but the Scarlets did not get their heads around it at all in that game. And it was very fun to watch. It's just like, he's going to do it again, isn't he? He's going to do it again. He's gonna, yeah, he's dummied and he's ran through a massive hole. And again. it's lovely
1: to see, but it's, the problem is it triggers a load of fucking idiots. On Twitter to yes, say how he's the see, answer to making Wales problem. is number
2: ten right now, and it's like you realise what you should be worried about is that it's Wales's fucking first choice centre partnership that he's making look like <laughs> fucking mugs. Yeah, with a direct your a-
1: attention elsewhere, <laughs> and let's see if he tries to do that to Bundiaki or something. Uh, right, and what have we got here. Luke Upton, Oh, friend of the pod and author yeah. and lovely man, Luke Upton gets in touch. He says, "Good is Neath Port Talbot Council having gritters called Justin Non Slipperick and Gareth Spreadwoods."
2: I take slight issue with. Has that, he made
1: though.
2: that up? Uh, no, it's true. They've 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 got in on the naming gritters funny thing game, um, but they've called it Justin Non Slipperick with an e, so it's like slipper. And it should be slip yeah, which. <laughs> Wait, I mean get it right, guys, it's not fucking hard.
1: Justin Tippett doesn't look like he laughs much. <laughs> He's like a serious man. He hasn't got a wonderful man, but a serious yeah. man.
2: <laughs> he doesn't got a smile line, yeah. does he? You
1: know? He reminds yeah. me of uh, the White House counsellor the in the West Wing. When he says, yeah, I can yeah, assure yeah. you I've never found anything charming. <laughs> that's kinda that's the vibe I get of Justin Tippett. Big style. I mean
2: I'd love to, I genuinely, like, I'm. it will never ever happen, but I'd genuinely love to be friends with him, just because I want to know what he's like off the field. Because I've, I've seen little, I've heard little snippets of stuff, and like, like, on the Lions, on the 2013 Lions tour, where it said that the only person that Talipe Falato spoke to was Justin Tipper, <laughs> and that's just because they like playing FIFA together on their in their room on their own. And that, to me, is, just sums up both men perfectly.
1: I Also, I'm fascinated to know the kind of Croatian lineage lad from Trebanos. Do you know what I mean? There's something... I don't know how Croatian he feels. Does he feel... I don't know. Is there a bit of interviews about this with him? Yes, I think he has done some stuff, because it was like his... I know he's pointed out, hasn't he, that it's actually Tipperich. He's made that point a few times.
2: Yeah, I think he's put... It's Tipperich, but I think they gave up on it a couple of years ago. Right. A couple of generations, because it was his grandfather that came over after the war, and I think... After about 15 years of no. Because his grandfather was a minor, wasn't he? Of course. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why else would you come to South Wales after Hopefully, he wasn't part of
1: the Nazi sympathising side <laughs> of Croatia, because there was quite yeah. a chunk of that.
2: We can only hope so. Uh, uh, yeah, so um, he. I'm basically just looking at all Wales Online articles to see if there's any. Info. <laughs> yeah, okay. His, his grandfather, Dragotine was a former Croatian prisoner of war.
1: Also, oh. not, um, oh. Oh. oh, but which for who was he in the German prison <laughs> or our prison
2: after being released by the oh, no, German army?
1: He was oh. what he was locked up by the German army.
2: No, he was, yes, so he was locked up by the German army. So, oh, he was good on then, the, so he was he a was partisan on the right then. Good, man. good, good, good lad, good lad. Dragut, do you know what his name was? Go, Dragutin Tipperich,
1: get in. That's a brilliant
2: name. Uh, yes, yeah.
1: you wouldn't fucking mess with him, would you? Yeah,
2: and moved to Morrison and became a coal miner. And was fondly known as Mad Mike, which seems like his <laughs> grandfather was a hell of a lot more of a laugh than Justice.
1: <laughs> but you know, he, might have been, he might not have been mad in the, in the laugh way. He might have been mad in the never smiling and slightly terrifying way. <laughs> I get
2: that, mate. And his if you'd dad's... been through a prisoner
1: of war camp with the Germans, you probably would, you know, you'd have a few you know, things you want to get out of your system. Yeah.
2: Just his father, Andy. Uh, who was a roofer. Lovely stuff. Um, We never got much history out of my grandfather. That says a lot. Um, but he spoke a few languages. The story goes that he was an interpreter, but he was a big, strong guy, much bigger than me. Justin would try and wrestle his granddad, and his brother would hang on to his arms, but they could never move him, even when he was in his 80s. Basically, he was harder than a fucking coffin nail, it sounds like.
1: I'm getting very strong devil-next-door vibes. I, I've
2: never I've never come across a man so strong. He worked sinking shafts into hard headings, mining, basically, before it all cooled down. He was from a place... By the river called border called Konjik, which is part of Bosnia now, he was built like a brick shit house. Fair dues. And pit, it Yes.
1: In a pit, ironically, the heading is at the bottom.
2: Yes, uh, my father was born in a village called uh, well, a hamlet <laughs> called Pithead.
1: <laughs> you going to say my father was born in a Born's heading then, <laughs> head. which would have been the most Welsh thing <laughs> I've ever heard in my no,
2: life. No, he was born in a hamlet called Pithead, which was at uh, the head of a pit. Well, by where a head of the pit was underneath.
1: but no, but if you think the pit head is the top of the pit, but the head is at the bottom of the pit. Yes, yes. Figure that one out. (laughs) Where were we? Right then, so... Uh Johnny says good is Matthias Orlando for the new, for Newcastle. Looks like that a, was a great was diversion, bit of, by
2: the way, wasn't it? It wasn't it, John. Um, looks like a
1: great bit of business, says Johnny. It does. Picking yes, him up from yeah, the yeah. Burning Embers of the Jaguarez.
2: Juarez. I say anybody that you're picking up from the burning embers of the Jaguarez. I mean the Western Falls have basically signed off the fucking team.
1: Gloucester's signed um Santiago Carreras as well, haven't they?
2: Yeah, they have. Good fucking signing that.
1: Didn't do much good on Saturday, did it? No. Any good from you?
2: No, I think we've done it all. Yeah. Okay then.
1: Hugo Gordon says, good is Bristol. Always been a good team for high scoring yeah. shootouts, but the weekend showed they can win tent arm wrestles in the mud now as well.
2: Yeah, second year on the bounce they've won away at Exeter as
1: well. Patricia, who remains in her happy place, says, good. Watching Exeter be comprehensively beaten two weeks in a row, she says. It was quite you, fun, wasn't it? If all rugby wasn't doomed again, I'd say long may it continue. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Uh Neil Weber says good was Semi Rendra's try. It was actually. The Yo and Lloyd catch and kick down the line. Oh, the that forwards. was beautiful. Did he did he kick with both feet? I'm trying to remember
2: now. Yes, I think he did. He kicked one with one and one with the other <laughs> just to show off.
1: Um I mean this is not going to do Simon Thomas's blood pressure any good at all, is it? <laughs> really not. <laughs> uh,
2: uh, but no, uh, the thing I liked about Semy's try was that it showed the other side of him which is not just fasty, fasty, silky, silky. It was, <laughs> just, I am a fucking big bloke and I'm going to get with this fuck, line.
1: Just <laughs> fucking give it to you. <laughs> And finally, Phil Jones says, good was Matt Prothero's feat for the Ospreys against the Dragons on Saturday night. Plus Stephen Myler, still the revelation of the season for me, says Phil. Yeah.
2: Anybody that says that Callum is the best sign-in in the Pro 14 this season... He does been look good, though, Steve. doesn't he? He looks very good. indeed. But Stephen Myles is still better for me. Just because a number 10 is more important to a team than a number 8.
1: He's certainly more important to your team, especially when Fuck the next yeah, one's right Luke right Price. Oh, so, yes.
2: Actually, the next one's not Luke Price. I don't know what's happened to Luke Price.
1: Well he's not playing seen, which not is playing. not I haven't too seen cruel him months. but it's, it's probably best for him really
2: yeah he's like the third. he's somehow become third choice 10 behind a child
1: and Gareth Anscombe we can only jog and Gareth Anscombe can only jog uh, well that's us I think
2: I think it should be shouldn't it we've been going on for quite
1: some time it's been quite the digression fest this evening That's
2: yeah, a bit get ready for more of this guys two week break
1: well, and so there's no rugby for two but Pro 14 still going
2: I think th- no, because it's supposed to be Europeans' fortnight, of isn't it? Of course
1: it is. So everything's off yeah. for two weeks. All we the only think
2: thing, yeah, it. the top 14 have gone, fuck it, we'll keep playing because France. Um, but I think everything else is going to be on pause for the week or two weeks.
1: Well, this is where we come into our own, Josh.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't have to
1: pretend to try and have a, a coherent thought about rugby for the next God, two weeks. No. So going to be great, isn't it? Thank you, everybody, though. Thanks for sticking with us through this. Indeed. Because it's been a weird old time, and we promise we'll keep sticking with you, even though we do have the odd break. And we'll speak to you all soon.
0: Bye. Bye. Zero. It gets a bad rep. Like when people say they have zero interest in something. Well, if you're thinking of buying an electric car this year, you'll find this interesting, because at Nissan, we see the power of zero. Introducing the Nissan Leaf Power of Zero offer. Buy a brand new 100% electric zero emissions Nissan Leaf and get one year's free servicing, a free home charger, the lowest electric finance offer on the market and great savings on running costs. Now that's the Power of Zero. Find out more at Nissan.ie. Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do
2: when you win?